What's everybody? What's up, everybody? Good God. Start over. Good God. Oh, it doesn't have to be that formal. Just let's go. <laughs> Keep it What's going. going on, everybody? What's going on? We are back in the RT Machine studio for podcast number 18. Uh, let's. Who's in the room with me here? Ryan's here today. And Ron's here. Dean's here. Cody's here. Welcome so, to the show, John. We're going to call this the day the Harlan left. Yeah. <laughs> the day the Harlan left. <laughs> Sounds like a movie that nobody would go to see. <laughs> the day the shop stood still. Yeah. Looking out the window, it is empty out there. It looks a lot different. Yeah, yeah. those boys were getting after it last week. A couple guys put in like 80-hour work weeks the past two weeks. We're in here over the weekend, and I got in here this morning, and uh, they were already loading it on the truck. So oh, I thought they loaded it yesterday. No. Well, I think they loaded the first main piece. They loaded Spike yesterday. Spike yesterday, okay. Yeah. And then the other piece left this morning. Oh, okay. How many loads went out? I, I don't know how many I, total. I guess I thought two. it was just two. Yeah. Right. Plus the plus the forklift, right? Well, well that left that left on Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought somebody was saying like something like seven. Well, there's there's going to be a total of five or six. There you go. Something like that. Because all that catwalk yeah, takes yeah. a lot of room. Okay. That's where the other ones came from. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to... The the company that's receiving it had to cut a hole in the wall for the big pieces. So they timed it so that the hole was open. It's open today. Trucks arrive, I think, around 3 o'clock when they quit working. The guys move it in, and then they can put the hole back up or fill the hole back in because hmm. the rest of the equipment can go into regular doors. That's that was my understanding. So everything had to be timed. That's a heck of a process for a machine. Yeah, and it's still not done because there were things that came up in the runoff that they asked to change or modify or options that weren't even discussed initially. I wasn't in the meetings, but yeah, yeah. There's still some stuff. I don't know if they're working on right now, but there's still some stuff to finish up and take down afterwards. Yeah. But the 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 two main pieces of it had to be finished up before it left. They were welding on it still middle of the week. (laughs) I saw last week, the one guy was disconnecting wires. I'm like, just cut them, you know, don't mark them or do anything, you know, (laughs) it's what we're used to seeing. Yeah. It's like, no, (laughs) not when we got to put them back together. (laughs) No, thankfully our rigging crew are not butchers like some. No, no, Seen plenty of that. Two inch conduit packed full, just cut right down the middle. Mm-hmm. That, means you're not, that means we're not professionals, apparently. <laughs> we we sold a used CNC router back when we did the Echelon plant there in Gas City, Indiana. And it was a used SCM Ergon. Remember the second one out there? Yeah. Uh, came from England. Through SCM. SCM found it through a broker in England. It came in. All the wires were cut. They didn't disconnect anything professionally. They had to rewire the damn machine over here. It was crazy. Was that the one that was here? No. No. Okay. No, that, no we never had one here. We never had any of those machines here. We had an Ergon here. Okay. But that was, I forget where the hell we got that one. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first. Rid of it. So the one from Gas City never actually came here. It shipped direct to the. I went direct. Okay. And you wouldn't let me buy the second one. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one that I'm talking about. The one that had to cut wires mm-hmm. and the burnt table. That one had quite a life. Yeah. Because what happened after? Oh it left my Gas God! City. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and tell them. 
<laughs> I don't know if I remember the whole story. You have to fill in the blanks, but I I think I took the phone call, and uh, it was it was an insurance adjuster called and said, "Were you at a sale where there were two SCM Ergon CNC routers?" I said, "Yes, I was." He goes, "You bought one of them, right?" Yeah. So my client bought the other one. Um, no, that's not what happened. The guy that bought it called, right? Because he wanted to know how much we paid, what, what it was no, worth, what, what we were going to try to sell yeah, it. Yeah, he wanted to know because what we were he going for. Yeah. because what happened is as they were hauling it back, I believe to Texas, they hit an overpass <laughs> with the router. <laughs> so he wanted to collect as much money as he could. Yeah, uh, which uh, you know we happily did not get involved in at all no we said now we're out <laughs> what we did is none of your business yeah, i don't really want to be subpoenaed in your situation yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate for you but yeah but he fought like hell to get any money out of that one yeah yeah <laughs> well, the, the other one is still running happily right now yeah. oh yeah yeah it works very well well that was much that was brand new when we sold it to him mm -hmm. the one that hit the bridge was a used machine already yep and then, like I said, they had to have it rewired, and then they that's the one they burnt the table on. Yes. Somebody put the wrong program in, and the router bit went, and it kept going and going and going and going, caught on fire. Yeah, it's a bad day. That was a bad day. That machine had a rough life. <laughs> I assume it's in the graveyard now. That happened to me on an Omnitech CNC we had here one time. There was something broken in the code. Um because I had the wrong post for it, I guess. And the one time I went, I hit start program, and the bit, the bit went over to the corner of the table and started plunging and didn't stop. <laughs> I very quickly hit the e stop. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody at, at uh, Echelon never hit the e stop. It just yeah, kept yeah. going. <laughs> it's supposed to sound like that? <laughs> supposed to smell like smoke in here? Yeah. Well, and you talk to the customers after they buy the CNC routers, it's like, you will crash it. You're going to mm. hit the table. Mm -hmm. It's just inevitable. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's why they're not made out of iron. <laughs> yep. I mean, the amount of tables that we've come in with over the years that just have a groove in the phenolic or a groove in the aluminum, it's like, oh, too deep. Yeah, it happens. So A lot of times we don't know until we take the spoil board off. Right. Mm -hmm. We had a wiki in here one time. What I, I forget to put a whole new one on. Yeah, I forget what exactly happened with that. I don't. I think we took it off, and it was it was evident that they had caused a fire inside of the machine, yeah. and it completely destroyed the phenolic table. And that that was a whole process because I had to source. You know, if you go to Styles and ask for a new table, it's like twenty thousand dollars or something. So, we um we actually sourced a, a sheet of phenolic from from Buck Lumber up here in town. I think it came from Fez Hall, but Buck Lumber was the dealer. Hmm. And then uh, Kyle had to program to put the, the grid pattern in it. <laughs> yeah. It was a, a lot of work. It was brutal. Yeah. So that, that, went, that went up to New York. I don't know what that guy's doing anymore. Hmm. Uh, in Salamanca there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Gino said he went by there, I don't know, it was last week, and there was nobody there. Really? So he's trying to find out what's going on. Hmm. So, yep. Anyway... So Eric had a nice little visit with a laser, what do you call that, a laser what, cleaner, laser? I, I don't know what the general term is for it. Let me find the, the company's called Neron. I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce it, to be honest with you. But For lack of a better way to explain it, we clean a lot of rust and paint around here when we get our used machines in. Yeah. We're looking for a way to do it faster and stumbled across this uh, 
website and they were doing it pretty fast with a laser. So we reached out and Eric got in touch with them and they said, yeah, we'll bring it in for a demo as long as you pay us 1300 bucks or something. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was a discount actually Yeah, because they were in the area. Yeah, they just call it a laser cleaning machine, but it's a, I don't know, maybe two foot by four foot uh, device that stands four feet tall. It's, it's about the size of our mini fridge that's back there behind Cody. But, um, and then it has a, a hose that extends to this head with a little lens on it and then a vacuum port and you can hook it right up to a shop vac and uh, you turn the machine on. All it needs is compressed air and a little bit of clean water for cooling. And yeah, don't my, my wife right away asked me about the chemistry. I was like, not the right person to ask. Yeah. <laughs> if you point it at a piece of metal that has any kind of contaminant on it, it will usually very quickly remove the contaminant. And I'm talking rust, grease, any grease. kind of filth. It didn't really work on the glue spreaders because any, anybody who's toured our facility, when Black Brothers glue spreaders don't look as nice as they do when they leave. <laughs> once we're done with yeah. them. Usually they are caked in, uh, you know, maybe an inch of dried glue, and we have to figure out a way to get that off of there. And so far we've been unsuccessful at finding an efficient way of doing that. Hmm. I was hoping this was going to be it, but it's not. But, uh, yeah, we had a, we had a Marine Johnson 424 that ended up being a scrap machine and was just sitting out back and Dustin brought that inside and we basically used that as our play toy with this laser cleaning device. Wow. And it's, yeah, we took it across the kickback fingers. It takes the rust right off. Uh, we cleaned the table on the machine very quickly. We had this cutter head, this, uh, spiral molder head that was just caked in pitch. It must've been used for softwoods or something. And we put that on the floor, and, and Kyle was running the machine at that point, and he'd go back and forth a few times, and the thing looked like it was brand freaking new. Wow. Ridiculous. But they're not cheap. Yeah, they're not <laughs> cheap. <laughs> I'm sure. So we got to do some calculation to see if it's actually going to be a fit for us. But oh, It's impressive. It yeah. had a definite different finish versus what we're used to seeing with the scotch brake pads and the wire wheels and everything like that mm -hmm. like it almost looks like it's back to no clean mm -hmm. yeah we were talking about it at lunch it, it doesn't it doesn't remove any material all it does is remove the contaminants but it does not damage the metal i mean again i don't understand the chemistry you know if you if you pointed it at the we had a black brothers glue spreader back there that was all caked in dried glue and if you pointed at the glue long enough the glue will catch on fire but it never actually removes it. So. <laughs> but yeah, you said I, you could move it across your skin and it wouldn't burn. Yeah, wouldn't. yeah. If you accidentally had your hand, I mean, the guy did it. He moved the laser right across his fingers. And, huh. and uh, yeah, if you, you clean off the Marine Johnson table and then touch it with your hand, it's not hot. Hmm. So it, it's pretty wild. We'll, we'll have to post a... They're, they're not paying us for this advertisement or anything, but we should, we'll post a link to a couple of their videos. It's pretty wild. I, most of our customer base and the people listening, it's probably not really relevant, but yeah. it, is, it is cool. Yeah. And most people don't do as much rust cleaning as we do. Yeah. Where, I, where did you say the majority of their market is at with the machine? Did you say automotive? Uh, no, not the majority. It's, it's all over the place. They have, uh, actually right on their website here, they show some of the companies that use it. Um, like Bosch, the company that makes the little hand routers and, and you know, God knows what other tools is a, a big customer of theirs. Dora Automotive Systems. This is an automotive lighting company. Hmm. I don't know what Magna is, but yeah, that's, 
any kind of industrial application, I mean, the machines are expensive. So it's, you know, a small time auto body shop or something is probably not going to be able to justify it. But yeah, maybe we're not sure we can. But yeah, we got to do some running some numbers. Yeah, because we've looked at all kinds of things over the years. Basically, what we really use here is is uh, soap and rags and um, a DA sander with a Scotch Brite pad on it or wire wheels. Once in a while, we we'll use a sandblaster, but uh, yeah, pretty rare. With the Harlan, I think we used a steam jenny for some of it, which I, I'll be honest, I don't even really know what a steam jenny. I've never used one. I don't know what they look like. But, um, it's basically a power washer that heats up the water. Yeah. Yep. Turns think, think of it that way, just a pressure washer that heats the water up. So. Yeah, it's hot pressure, mm-hmm. hot water under high pressure. I got on this kick about uh, dry ice blasters a few years ago, but... They start at like thirty grand, and there actually are recurring costs with those. You have to buy the ice, and the ice has a shelf life. Furwood uses one of those over in Italy, yeah. not all the time. I didn't see near as much rust over there as what we run into. I don't know if we just they took us into the right areas or what, but yeah, I feel like some of the panel processing stuff doesn't get as rusty as like the solid wood because there's not as much solid steel exposed. Yeah. Like a CNC, it's pretty well painted. You get like a Marine Johnson, you have your steel tables, mm-hmm. moving rails that are have to be open. Yeah, probably less bare metal. Yeah. It's more painted and a lot of concealed stuff too. They're running on linear bearings where a lot of the solid wood stuff just uses metal gibbs. True. I know we see our fair share of it around here. Yeah, Furwood is maybe not as masochistic as us because they they tend to buy things that are ten years old <laughs> yeah, or newer. True, that's true. And uh, I got I got the impression that they use the dry ice machine on uh, banders around the around the glue area, the around the glue pod and the glue application area. It just gets caked, and if you don't keep it clean, which nobody does, it gets caked over yeah. time. And say that where I seen the ice um blasters used that was on a finishing line blasting out old dried up paint or clear coat oh really that stuff a customer had one Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. that just freeze it so much that it falls off or it's that's i didn't get a chance to watch it it, Hmm. it's supposed to be almost like an alternative to sandblasting but without all the sand without the sand yeah there's no there's no uh extra media because it just goes into air yeah so instead of having to get out a broom, it just evaporates. Interesting. Yeah, much much like the laser, there's no extra media because there it actually, like I said, it has a vacuum tip on it. So as you're blasting the rust off, it sucks it right up. Um, first thing Dad said when he saw the video was that uh, there's kind of a flame looking type thing. I don't know if it's actually fire, but it's coming off as you're blasting the rust. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a great idea around all the wood dust. <laughs> <laughs> They say use a shop vac and suck it in there. The next thing you know, the shop vac will be on fire <laughs> behind it. <laughs> yeah, it'll have to be a dedicated unit. <laughs> yeah. All right. You have to wear these badass shades while you're using it because it is it is rough on the eyes over time. Mm. Almost like welding. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it would be interesting to see whether we can justify it. Yeah. Save us a lot of time. And we can't. We're having a hard time finding people to even do the job, so. Yeah. It could be part of the justification, so yeah, like a lot of our customers are running into. So that was that. Yep. We uh, 
one thing we were going to talk about was our progress on the showroom here. Um, any Anybody who's been in for a tour lately knows that we kind of moved the whole place around. And uh, at this point, we still do not have a showroom. But what used to be our picture area is going to be the new showroom. Um, right now, as we speak, we're working on grinding off the old paint because the first few times we put fluoric epoxy paint down out there, it, um, we didn't prep it right. So this time we have to grind the surface completely off which is a slow process man. very slow yeah it takes a while <laughs> i remember when they ground um the shop out here to take that off what jeff was out there for like two weeks with a little single head grinder yeah yeah we got a dual head this time but i, I don't know if the knives are getting dull or maybe they changed them out now but i spent a few a few nights out there after work um just by myself working on it and it's man you just felt like you're not getting anywhere on it Hmm. So there could be four or five coats of paint on that one, right? Yeah. yeah. On area, on some areas. Like, I'll get along the wall? Yeah, it's thick over it's, there. I spent a whole day on a night like that, maybe 12 square foot done. Yeah, it's brutal. And the picture wow. part. Yeah. yeah. Austin's out there today, and I can tell he's not enjoying himself. Yeah. <laughs> now, is that just a dry, dry unit? You don't have to have any water with that one? No, nope, and we have a dust collector hooked right up to it, so it's it's doing a pretty good job keeping the fine dust down. Because uh, when they ground out here, there was no dust system hooked up to it. I don't think right? there, there was a cloud following Jeff. Yeah, and, uh, it's, there's probably still tools out here that are covered in concrete dust. <laughs> nope. No doubt, take an air hose up along the rafters. You don't, yeah, don't do that. But we're already hooked up with a painter to do it the right way this time um, so once we get the floor ground and keep it all get it all cleaned up out there we will put paint down and then we can start moving equipment in well we'll have some electrical to do right we're gonna have to run some air and wiring yeah right now we just have power on the one wall and we need uh, just air in the machine shop so we'll have to daisy chain off of that well what they spent probably a day or two grinding studs again I saw them out there doing that. Yeah, that's that's one thing Derek warned me on because I, I guess they didn't, they were not very diligent about cutting down the, the studs in the shop when we ground this, you know, two years ago or whenever that was. And uh, every time you whack a stud with that grinding head, it's it's a bad day. Cool. <laughs> Big a, jump. Sends a tooth up flying out of the head or something. Yeah. Well, Dino and I were out grinding the one night and I hit one that they, they, they missed. <laughs> the, whole, the whole machine jerks to the side. Uh, did it break the teeth then? I'm sure it did some damage, but it's, hmm. it's fine. Well, that's a fun one, but has to be done. Yep. We, tr we tried every, every other method to get away from that. And yeah. Just, so. Thought we'd be able to get some acid and just eat it off the floor, but they said not. Hmm. We were all the way down to uh, there's a local construction company that does a lot of the road work for the for the um, township here, and they were using our parking lot for some of the equipment the one day. And I was going to go out there and tell them to bring the front loader in here and just drag it across the floor <laughs> and see if it takes. That would be interesting. <laughs> We have chunks of concrete. Yeah, Dusty was worried it would take concrete. Yeah, it so. might, might pull the whole floor up. Sometimes it might be easier. Yeah. <laughs> Just start fresh. Pour the whole floor. Uh, so. well, I could see that. Just chunks everywhere. Like, up. Oh, now we got to put all new concrete in again. <laughs> go big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we'll get it done here eventually, soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah, we we have to because we're um, we got the CR Onsard coming in sometime soon. I, I know we just we have the pro- progress payment coming up for that. So well, we we made it. So we paid the second payment. So mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, it should be coming along soon. I didn't get a ship date yet, but probably right after the first of the year at the latest, I would think. Yeah, the last I ever run some demos on it. Yeah. Last I heard from it was mid-January. Oh, is that right? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to get some of these Rolmac machines set up. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely going to have to do that. It's part of the, the reason why we've started moving forward on getting that done quicker. Because we've got to do the router and Rolmac stuff. Yep. It's all out in the warehouse under plastic right now. So. But be some exciting uh, times coming up here beginning of the year. Yeah, we'll probably end up doing some lunch and learn events. I don't think we'll do a full scale open house anytime soon, but uh not right now. We might do like a with the Frulmac project coming on, we might do some multiple machines of theirs, but I don't think we're gonna do a full open house. So my belly full of the last one we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with the Harlan moving out, we uh finally have some time and space to work on some other projects and we have quite a bit in the hopper um, we've got two different planers that are going to be coming into the shop one is a, a, a straight plane an old, older 170 that we're going to do a rebuild on uh, that one's getting paint work the whole deal um, changing the heads out and everything that's a steelhead yep. machine now and straight knife steelhead what are you putting in there we are putting an h3d head in so it'll be the little insert knives so is that will. straight or is that the the V head that they were making up the road here? I have to talk to John, but I'm kind of assuming it'll end up being the V head um, just because as it was a straight knife machine, it has the dust hoods that go right up the center. Right. So I would think the, the V-shaped head would uh, I would agree. Would make sense just from a dust collection standpoint. Yeah, so. that's why they kind of one of the reasons they designed that, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely makes a world of difference. I've seen them in my customer shops that do have that V style, and it it does send the send the chips right up the center there. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you sold that. a guy a twenty four inch machine, we'd have taken the ones out of the Newman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're gonna do some uh, panels and stuff on that machine. So having that extra few inches there, the thirty six inches on that is pretty big for them. Yeah, so that'd be a nice machine. Should. Uh, People might not not know what we're talking about with the spiral versus the V-shaped head. We might uh, see if we can get some pictures and put it on Instagram. But it's literally like people are people are used to the spiral insert cutter heads, and this one instead of being spiral, it in the center they meet as a V, so that the chips literally go right where the right where everything's pointing. Yeah, halfway it's spiraled to the left, the other half is spiraled to the right. Kind of a way to think of it. Yeah. So it used to be, Dad mentioned up the road, it used to be uh, Herman's owned that company. And then they, when uh, the whole really? buyout with Worth and everything happened. Yeah, they did. De- well, they designed it. Mm-hmm. Matt designed the head and made them. Sold quite a few of them, at least locally anyway. Yeah, we bought yeah. some from him. Yeah, we did. Um, and then they, when Joe went to sell the company, Worth didn't want it. So they sold it to this uh, H3D company right. which has i think two different offices i believe they have one in ohio and one in north carolina and we're a distributor for them now so 
I know yeah. John really likes them. He's he so John is our guy taking care of all of the straight plane stuff and doing a lot of different cutter heads like that. And he seems to really like that head. Mm -hmm. I think they put one on a joiner here. And then there was something out in California they went out and put one on. It was a Strataplane. Straight oak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bogar went out and did that, right? I wanted to say a straight plane, but mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. It was. Pretty sure. There's a video floating around somewhere. Yeah. That's John Bradford, if you ever call into the straight plane office. He'll probably be on a future episode because Rich is supposed to be coming on. Supposed to be a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he was. I wonder what happened there. I don't know. I don't think Rich does a ton of traveling, so mm. <laughs> probably any any time he could find an excuse to get out of the trip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be that'll be an interesting episode. Yeah, I hope we get that done because he's 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 a guy that he used to be the plant manager for Oliver way back in the day, um, you know, before they shut down in '03 or whatever it was, so, or '99. Hmm. What year was it, Cody? '99. Damn it. <laughs> I know we're all pre-1999 is what we always advertise, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's when they stopped making the stuff. I'd be interested to see when they made the last Stratoplaner, though. You know, when was the very last one made? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure where it's got to be in the books. Where, yeah. where yeah. is it? Yeah. Where Maybe. is it? We want the last <laughs> one. Well, the next question is, what was the last machine Oliver made? Period. Yeah, that right. would be interesting to know, too. Yeah. I'd like to know the first one. You want to know what the first one is? <laughs> it's probably like some sewing machine or something weird. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't woodworking. Yeah. They made everything over the years, man. Mm. So it's, We got a, uh, talking about new uh, shop projects we're working on. Trying, I'm trying to fill the shop back up here. We got a big um, return conveyor we're trying to come work on for a guy that's uh, doing some of these big mass timbers. Um, that are up like 16 inches wide, 32 inches tall, vice versa, and then up to 60 feet long. They're sending through their sanders, so we're working on a return conveyor with some flippers to be able to handle that. That'd be so, a custom build. Mm -hmm. So if we get that one there, that'll fill, start filling the shop back up again. Yeah, well, it'll be plenty busy with the next Harlan supposedly going in there. Yeah. So... There's going to be a lot of work for the shop guys right now. So there's another Harlan. There's another one sitting right out there in the warehouse. Got part of the deposit, but not all of it. So I'm not going to start chopping that machine apart. Yeah, it's a big order. Quite. So I, I think we need the full commitment. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Oh, that The last one was, what, 10 months, was it? That's a really good question. I should go back and oh, yeah, find the quote. Yeah. Something like that. And I think they're quoting eight months on this one. Wow. You know, once you see everything they did to it, it's pretty surprising they could knock it out in less than a year. Yeah, it's true. It was a lot of work. We have to post some of that on our website and different sites. I, I'm assuming that Bree is putting some of that up. Yeah, well, there was some kind of miscommunication because I... I thought there was an NDA, and Derek told me there was not the other day. Why, why haven't we been, you know, pushing this? Because it's pretty damn cool what they did out there. Yeah. <laughs> so. As far as I know, we can. I, I mean, I haven't shared who the customer was just out of respect to them, mm -hmm. but I don't think we were banned from doing that. Yeah. So stay, stay tuned. You'll see uh, some cool stuff. Yeah. But. 
It looks good. Looks really good. <clears throat> then the other planer I mentioned that's going to be an upcoming shop project is a uh, an EPR twenty four. Like if you follow our email blasts or anything, that's been in there a few times. We we got the order for that one. Um, actually, that one has the H three D heads in it right now, and they're coming out because um, we got to put the Newman heads back in it. Yep. Luckily, we got them when we got the machine. So yeah, we don't have to spend we'll have forty to G's or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, for, be a lot of money for to buy new ones. Newman cutter heads. Yeah, it's funny. Somebody puts the H three D heads in because they feel that's better, and then the next person wants a different head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I asked the boys if we could stretch the twenty four inch ones and just use them for the straight up plane. <laughs> so, didn't quite work that way, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of goes back we talked about this earlier episode here well over months ago now the different styles of cutter heads and advantages and disadvantages of them you know like the the newman quiet cut heads that's a more rigid insert that's in there that you sharpen yeah i would think in most rough lumber situations would would hold up better but Mm -hmm. gives it a more robust cut if you're cutting wood and get a knot or something the little insert cutters are nice for replacing and being able to jump back on it and just start running again if you're looking for like a finished something or another but if you're running just straight lumber and you hit a knot you're gonna blow them little pieces apart you you also need a a skilled operator in order to grind those heads that's right so So. skill that is being lost basically yeah and that's why a lot of people are more inclined by the four-sided inserts because, yeah, you got to be careful, but it doesn't take a skilled operator in order to rotate or change those. Yeah, yeah it's not rocket surgery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the exact conversation we had with uh, your customer on the straight plane yep. And he was – actually, he initially gave us the order for the itch head. And then about a week later, came back and – ended up changing his mind because he's doing mostly panels and he's not really going to send very much rough lumber through it. That makes sense. It's, you know, I can sit down and talk about the benefits of each one, but I'm not going to sit there and tell you, you should have this one or this one Yep. because everyone has, it's almost like a difference between a deal and a Madison. So one person loves one and swears by one and the other one swears by the other one. That's what we always said years ago. If somebody has a deal, don't tell them Madison, they're going to hate you. <laughs> Ford and Chevy. Yeah. But what you should get is a ram. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick with my Chevys. <laughs> yeah. They take a truck beat. debate. It's the ongoing debate. <laughs> I'll just buy a Honda. As many things as that Chevy hit, it treats you pretty good. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Uh, yeah. As long as you hit the deer with your bullets and not with the truck. I was driving up Saturday morning, coming down the two lane there, 34, and came around the corner. It was two. Luckily, they were in the other side of the road, and I just buzzed right by them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hit one on 34 one time. <laughs> so did I. Well, more than once, actually. I think you guys got a couple there. <laughs> I almost, I almost cracked one on the way home from here last week because, like an idiot, I decided to go 442 home because I was in a hurry, and it's quicker to go that way. But I don't go that way when it's dark um, and during the rut, which it was. Mm-hmm. This 
a bigger buck than I've ever shot <laughs> ran out in front of me and I, I missed him by six inches maybe. Mm. Well, I heard a thump and he's like, oh no, that was just stuff sliding in my truck. Yeah, I was on the phone with Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that was just my backpack flying across the back seat. Slammed on the brakes. Yeah, I actually swerved and I missed him. I know you're not supposed to, but. You just got that truck too. I know. Hmm. Yeah, try not to wreck them. I was driving around on Bloomsburg University yesterday, just driving around the campus um, with my wife, and this big old big old buck runs across the road, like just just amongst the apartments. Hmm. So they're definitely acting stupid right now. Yes, indeed. It's what, November sixth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the rut season now. Yep. Yeah. How long does that last? It'll go pretty much mid-December, mm. maybe not quite that long. It varies, I mean, from place to place. Like, down south, they don't rut until January. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And not third. Pennsylvania, I'm talking, like, Florida and Georgia and those places. Hmm. So. And it's this little cold spurt we got last week. If they weren't rutting yet, that pretty much sent most deer in central PA into the rut then. Oh, yeah? So as long as it needs to go on, that's all there is to it. I mean, yeah. they're just trying to breed and keep their genetic uh, profile going. So it's just they're, they're so hard to predict because you and I, Cody and I, were up hunting at our lease this past weekend, and the, you know conditions were just ideal. The rut's obviously on, and we just had kind of a lackluster day. <laughs> there just wasn't much going on. You did. Yeah, my my morning I didn't see anything. But, but. I saw a bunch of little deer, but that's about it. Nothing mm. worthwhile. So Austin's kid shot his first one. Yeah, he showed me a picture of that. Yeah, well, Austin that's got always. another one too. Hmm? Austin got another one too this weekend. Oh, yeah. he didn't tell me that. Says he's got four in the freezer now yep. this season. Hmm. How many we, damn? Maybe tags we shouldn't have get? said that online. <laughs> so it depends. Yeah, right. on, it depends on where you hunt yeah. at. Like he's got. Uh, I think five or six doe tags total. Does it really? You get one, you get a buck tag when you buy your hunting license in Pennsylvania, but then you have to apply or draw for all of the, the doe tags and yeah. different management units have different allotments based mm-hmm. on population and the previous year's harvest and all that. Mm. And then they started doing these DMAP tags where I think it's like seven bucks. You can just go buy one for certain areas. They've been doing that forever. That. They made it bigger now, though, because yeah. um, we used to not be able to get them in our area, and we can pretty much just go and buy well, they, as they, many tags as you want. They have concerns down where you're hunting at because of CWD. That's why they're expanding that range. Yeah, for the that's a matter. joke. Yeah. That's, so we got tags the one year. There was a deer hit very close to uh, some family member's property where um, it tested positive for CWD. And they wanted pretty much all the deer in that area shot. Hmm. So they would give anybody who owned land um, within a five-mile radius unlimited tags. All you had to do was call in with whoever is hunting with you, and you could get as many tags as you'd like. Hmm. So we did pretty good that year. (laughs) And every single head was sent in for testing. Um all of them came back negative and then the game commission wanted to come in and shoot the rest of the deer over bait to finish eliminating them. Hmm. Uh, but they only ever got that one. There was only one that was 
ever said to test positive. Wow. Yeah. What a waste of life. They're, they're just so worried about it spreading. And it's like, you really can't stop it because it spreads so easily, mm -hmm. uh, according to the science. It's, what's the difference if you shoot all your deer and have no deer or whether you get a couple deer that have a chronic wasting disease? Mm -hmm. it's, they, there's still no reports that it can make any human sick or sick or cross over to humans. Um, so you can if, still you can still eat the the meat. You yeah. could still eat the meat. I, if I knew one was tested positive for it, would I eat it? Probably not. But there's never been any cases that it's transferred over or made any mm. human sick. So hmm. this this is just the big disease that gets the most attention. There's other mm -hmm. diseases out there that are going around that are causing more problems in Pennsylvania. It's just overlooked. This is the one that hmm. they can sell more tags for. Yep. Reminds you of Boston Legal. Dad and I used to watch a TV show called Boston Legal back in the day, and William Shatner was one of, one of the stars of the show, and he, he played this big shot lawyer. And, Denny uh, Crane. Denny Crane. And uh, he was dealing with uh, dementia, and he was going to the doctor and everything, and then they had a they had a case – Spoiler alert if you plan on watching that show. But they, they, they had a, a case um, about uh, – it was like it was a restaurant that was being sued by the town um, because the town was worried about the spread of um, Kreutzfeld Jakob, which they called the uh, – basically the human version of mad cow disease. <laughs> <laughs> so they told this guy he couldn't sell beef anymore. And from that episode onward – he never said that he had Alzheimer's anymore. He said he had mad cow disease. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. That was a good show. Well, that's what they're comparing chronic wasting disease to. Mm -hmm. You know, you got mad cow, you got however you pronounce that. Yeah. But yeah, what's well, what's mad cow disease actually? It's bo bovine spongiform encephalopathy. Yeah. Is the encephalopathy? Is the, the cow version? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well, we've kind of gotten off into the weeds here. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Huh. <laughs> Taught everybody about hunting and mad cow disease. <laughs> <laughs> How do we tie a machine to this? <laughs> right. Well, we have uh, a wood grinder. Wood grinders. You can throw a, uh, your, yeah. your mad cow in there and yep. chew it up. <laughs> Use a bandsaw and cut up steaks. There you yeah. go. Right. We gotta get a big bandsaw out. We should grind her to get rid sacrifice of sacrifice a bandsaw for <laughs> You guys will have to do a, a elk hunting trip like Timmer told us about last week. I'm up for that. I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so they drove he flew out in their plane <laughs> with with some guys and another guy drove this van out that they had and they got four. Well, I don't know how many guys are hunting, but they have four elk. And so James had to fly the plane back, and Chris and another guy drove back with the meat. And uh, they put a cot in the back and drove 22 hours straight. Yeah. Trading off. You drove a tank of gas, then you got to, got to get on the cot with the with the meat. Next person <laughs> got the cot. Yep. That's That's a pretty good hunt to have four come home. A lot of them guys go out and 
they're lucky if they see two or three. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't ask him about it. I'm not sure if it was a guided hunt or that, or what it was. I don't know. He just said about that story. I thought it was kind of funny. Say they couldn't have all drawn, hit drawings together. It either had to be like a public land or probably guided. Yeah, private. I think there's areas in Colorado where you can just buy them over the counter, mm-hmm. even out of state. Yep. Hmm. It's we were actually just talking about that. Uh, Friday, going out. Yeah. Friday night, taking a trip out next year. Yep, we'd love to do that sometime. If we ever have Bryson on, he can tell some of his stories. Bryson from Ultimizers, the he lives yeah. in, he lives in Oregon and he's a big time Western big game hunter. Big hunter, yeah. He, he might be elk hunting right now. I have no idea. <laughs> I think he might have been last week. He called me this morning, mm-hmm. but what called from last week, I never heard back from until today. So I'm kind of assuming he was out on a hunt. I think we already told the story on here of Dave Olson's reaction to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of freaking words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was out hunting this weekend too. You said, yeah. Yep, not successful though. He wasn't. Nope. <laughs> Saw one big buck and a bunch of does all too far away is what he told me. So. They already in firearm up there. Shotgun, yeah. No, oh. that's the way they are up there. Shotgun only. All right, boys. Well, I don't know if anybody's got anything else to talk about. We just thought we'd get on here and tell some stories, talk about some stuff going on here. That's about it. I guess we can wrap it up. Sounds good. Until next time. See ya. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Machine of the Week. This week, we have stock number 11182. This is a Taylor 5-section rotary door clamp system. This machine was built in 2016. Each section features two horizontal and two vertical clamps with a total clamping capacity of 38 inch by 96 inch. Each clamp features a heavy duty diaphragm cylinder. It is rotated in a counterclockwise rotation by a one horsepower motor with push button controls wired for one 10 volt single phase. If you're interested in this machine, you can contact us at 570-584-2002 or email us at sales at rtmachine.com. Don't forget to support our buddies at Green Street Joinery by subscribing to the American Craftsman podcast and their new YouTube channel, Today's Craftsman. Both links in the description of today's podcast.